Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. Holy cow, Young Me. It seems to be a, a growing trend where we introduce our guest of the week as the most famous Asian person we've had on the podcast. Yes. But this time, we really mean we it. We mean it. The most famous Asian comedian in the world. And that's not even like, I feel like that's not even an exaggeration. Not even. No, not even. Yeah. <laughs> but the listeners, they know how to read. We, we trust our listeners reading comprehension skills. They saw the title. I think we should just go ahead and introduce our wonderful guest this week, Young Me. Let's do it. Let's do it. Listeners, you're in for a treat. Our guest this week is an incredibly talented comedian, but you also may know him from his popular YouTube channel, uh, where he plays a character named Uncle Roger. Everyone, please give your ears to Nigel Ng. Hey, hi guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, what an intro. Thanks. What an intro. I don't know what to say. <laughs> don't let the wow. numbers on social media fool you, you know? I would, uh, that, that is just a big number. It doesn't mean I'm the most famous. I think like, uh, I'll, I'll put Ronnie Chang in that spot. I'll put Ronnie Chang in there. Ronnie Chang. Yeah. Ronnie, that's like, Ronnie. I feel like you're being, uh, you're being humble. I feel like the only thing that matters now in 2022 is that people that follow you on social media, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. That's the only numbers, baby. Numbers don't Numbers, lie. Numbers, baby. Showbiz. Wait, did I say your last name correctly? <laughs> I forgot to ask before we started recording. What, what did you say? Nigel I said, Ng? I said Nigel Ng. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's the American way to say it. Yeah. <gasps> oh, I would say oh. Nigel Ng back home. A Nigel Ng. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. Oh. Apologies. Apologies. No, Ng is fine. Ng <laughs> is fine. It, it's all <laughs> fucked anyway. Like, there are no vowels in there. It's kind of my fault, really. Um. You know? Well, no, that like the pronunciation makes sense on how it's spelled. But, you know, I, lo I love it when Brian subverts Asian stereotypes like this. You know, Asians can also mispronounce Asian words. Yeah. <laughs> Just showing you that we are full of human beings and we're, we make mistakes. Um, <laughs> but unless, <laughs> unless it's a white person who does it, then you bet your ass we're going to call you out on Twitter and do our best to <laughs> drag you down. Canceled. If Brian was white, he would have no career after today. Racism is so is is so rampant in Asia, man. People don't even know. People think white guys are the best at it. Like, no, go to Asia. We are the best. <laughs> we hate oh. other Asians, right? Like, Eddie Nigel, Wong has don't a big tell them that. Don't Nigel. tell them that. No, we oh. can't. We can't <laughs> let them know. We can't let them know. <laughs> that's so. That's so funny that all this stuff is coming out right now because I feel like this is like what the episode's gonna be about. I, you know, as people know, I'm sure that you're. You did grow up in Malaysia and you're like mm -hmm. this Asian person from Asia. And there's a lot of like discourse between the diaspora, f like between Asian people that grew up in the West or other places. And I'm really excited to get into all of that with you because I feel like, you know, you're someone that's like experienced both of those things. But before we get into this conversation, Nigel, Brian, I, I have to ask you, how are you feeling? Oh, wow. I zoned out there for a second. I wasn't even... We usually ask you, you were, first, but... You were disassociating yeah. because Nigel said that Asians are the best at racism and you were just like, <gasps> spiraled. <laughs> you went somewhere. Oh my God, I'm the problem. Um, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> I'm... Uh, okay, to be quite honest, I've been feeling... Um, I've been feeling a bit sad lately. Uh, oh no! Seasonal affective disorder, very real. You know, when I was younger, I didn't give a shit about the weather. But uh, here in New York, this past week, it ha I haven't seen 
an out like any bit of sunshine and it's really mm-hmm. thrown me in for a loop you know and this morning when mm-hmm. i woke up and opened my curtains and saw how gloomy i was just like oh fuck my life i i need i need sun so yeah i'm just feeling a bit uh a bit tired and a bit gloomy um it's been it's been a busy week in terms of like that's the thing though is like we're, we're creatives and so our work is so it, it should be fun but I, it's also, I don't know. I, I go like back and I teeter back and forth. Like I had a bunch, yeah. of, a bunch of acting auditions and on paper it's fun. It doesn't require that much work. Like what an audition, you're just filming that. That's like an hour. But leading yeah. up to it, I put myself through so much mental stress and just put so no, much mental energy so into hard. it. And yeah. in conjunction with uh, the lack of sunshine, it's I'm just feeling quite exhausted and quite gloomy. But... I'm glad I'm here. This is going to be a fun conversation. Usually when I do this podcast, I whatever like state I'm in outside of it, it sort of like dissipates because this is like I'm on. I'm focused right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm focused on the task at hand. But otherwise, yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Not my best, but happy to be here. Dude, auditions are so fucking scary. I don't I I'm like I feel like the reason why a lot of people I feel like dream about being an actor or something, but the reason that they don't follow through is because of the idea of doing an audition. And I feel like <laughs> you really I know it's like just an hour or whatever, but I feel like you should really give yourself space to be like that was fucking hard and horrible, you know? <laughs> when you say audition, you mean self tapes. Yes, self tapes, yeah. which is oh, even more the harrowing. Worse. The worse. You gotta get it's a friend to come worst. over to to say the lines to you, and you feel bad. Right? <laughs> you take out that whole afternoon. Oh, even this one. For this one, I all my friends uh, were busy, so I had to do it over Zoom. So I was <laughs> acting like I was acting to a God. MacBook that was like propped up, like eight books. <laughs> so sad. That sounds like the worst. Oh my gosh, yeah. But Oh, I'm so sorry. The glamorous yeah. life of actors, you know? It's uh it's it's not all Oscars and Will Smith slaps. There's there's a dark undercurrent to it that is mentally just as <laughs> mentally taxing. Um but yeah, you know, that that's how I'm feeling. How about you, young me? How are you feeling? Oh my god, I have like such a funny story and I kinda wanted to share it, but I guess it's like, okay, it's tied to how I'm feeling because I don't know what's going on in New York City. I know that New York City has like always been a place full of very aggressive people. And yeah. if you live here, you know that whenever you go outside, you're going to get in a fucking... The chances are you're going to get in like some sort of like argument with somebody. You yeah. know, whether yeah. it's somebody telling you to fuck off or whatever, right? It's like you always have to be like on edge because at any moment someone could be like... I fucked your mother. And you're like, who the fuck are you? Like for like cutting them in line. I'm like, I didn't even see the lines. I'm sorry. You know, like yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that yeah. always happens here. Right. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I have a son. He's eight years old and he, he was born and raised here. And he it does not bother him in the way that it bothers me when somebody like yells at him. He's just like, like, I remember I had this joke where we got out of a ca- uh, taxi and somebody was beeping their horn because the taxi was stopped. And like he started screaming at them. He was like, yeah, yeah, you're a real New Yorker bitch, huh? Like he screamed that. Your son said that? Mino, the fucking (laughs) eight-year-old, screamed that at the car. And I was like, oh my. Like when I was eight, I would have shit my pants if an adult talked to me in a a mean tone. Do you know what I mean? I would like cry. I would like go home and just, it would devastate me. But Mino's just like, fuck off, what? Like that. 
um so i had this funny story like we went out because he wanted to go to the lego store and it was like every everything that happened was so fucking intense i was like i fucking hate (laughs) new york city everyone is so aggressive here so he we he wanted to go to the lego store because he saw somebody on youtube build a real gun out of legos and he thought this is this is already i i know so he thought he thought that they sold a kit for a real gun at the lego store so he was Wait. like, "We gotta go to the Lego." But he didn't tell me that. He just kept being like, "Let's go to the Lego store." And I was like, "Okay, let's go." All right. And so well, then I like so that he's he finally, scamming, bearing the lead. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows how to like negotiate. Looking, he's just like looking, like high and low, like he's getting on all fours, like looking for this gun kit. And I'm like, "What are you looking for?" He's like, "A gun." And I was like, "They don't have guns here, bro. Come on." <laughs> and then he like made me ask the Lego store person. He's like, no, no, just ask them. So I was like, do you have this here? And the Lego <laughs> store person looked at me like I was a fucking psycho. Like he was like, we don't, we don't support the military. He said something like that. And I was like, wow, <sighs> bro, come on. I'm just asking you for my son. Yeah. And then, um, and then I'll, I'm just trying to make this story really fast. And then we went to go have dinner at Kazunori, Brian, your favorite place. Oh yeah, great Were Japanese yeah. hand rolls, my favorite. And it's like this, Nigel. It's like this really busy like sushi restaurant. There's always like a line out the door, and it's kind of like the clientele there is like always like these like finance bros, and it's always really busy. Yeah. And so we get in line, and then there's like these two like finance bros, and they're like very obviously high on cocaine, <laughs> and they're just like bouncing around, right? And then they bounce into Mino and then he starts yelling at Mino and then I got in a fight with this adult. And like in in the middle of it, he's like being like, well, you're a bad mom and you have pink hair. Like he's just throwing shit out of his ass. Oh, wow. And so I was like, I was like, I can't do this right now. So I just like leaned in and I was like, hey, you guys, you're both like super high on cocaine. And it's like really obvious to the whole restaurant. And then they both just like immediately stopped talking to me and like turned around and tried to act normal. And that was a day in the life of living in New York City with a child. Like that's too much. <sighs> yeah, guns and that's cocaine. Wild. Wow. Yeah. That's he's looking for a gun at the Lego store. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think children like guns, right? I played with guns growing up. Oh so yeah. Kids love guns. Yeah. Nerf guns were guns. the thing. They were the jam. Kids love guns. Yeah. There's just some, he, something yeah, about re- guns that captures our imagination. But also weird of the Lego person to make it into a political thing when you just simply he ask got real for political. a Lego gun. <laughs> I don't support the military. Now please leave this establishment before I call Child Protective Services. <laughs> so here, well, I've, I've talked about this before. Mino has interests that are different than mine. I don't like guns, obviously. I don't like the military or the Titanic. Those are his top three <laughs> interests. But he's my son and I like... <laughs> <laughs> like I want him to like explore his like, you know, his personality. Like find out who yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, of course. Without like tainting him to think what I think. So right. But yeah, that was like too much. But I think that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling really overwhelmed, and I do think that I'm not sure if it's because New York City has always been like kind of aggressive, or it's the pandemic has made me more sensitive, mm. or has made people more aggressive. I can't. I'm not sure what it is, but it's very. It's very intense. I feel like every time I go out, people oh, yeah. are like really angry. It's so hostile. I mean, just look, at, if you stand yeah. on the subway platforms, everyone stands up against the wall. Everyone's around beams. And it used to not be that way. 
there's a lot of hostility in the air in New York. So yeah, yeah it's really I'm, ramped that, up. That's my uh, roundabout way of saying I am pro Lego gun. So <laughs> <laughs> you're really, really selling New York to me here. I'm going there next week, man. Be careful, Nigel. Bring your Lego gun. Bring yeah. your Lego gun. <laughs> Every news article. Get ready to yell. That comes out from America that we get, you know, like about America and Asians in America. It's about Asians getting punched, Asians getting pushed onto the train tracks. It's yeah. a little depressing. Yeah. And then I get to Chicago here and I, I, I didn't get punched. So it's like, okay, <gasps> I think it maybe it's a bit that's exaggerated. Nice. So that's, that's nice. <laughs> you got but the you Midwest need, you need a hospitality team, in Chicago. <laughs> you need a better PR team. Yeah. Our PR team is doing its best to hide you from anything that's going on in Florida. So the fact that you're getting that is the PR team, they're doing their work. Enough about us. How are you feeling? I'm feeling, I'm feeling foreign, you know, mm. as in like, mm. I did a set yesterday. I, I'm, I'm here in the US for my tour, right? So mm -hmm. I, and I've, I've been foreign more than half my life now, as in I'm from Malaysia, then I lived in the US for a while for university and then work yeah. and then moved to the UK. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't even realize how much UK stuff I've picked up because I've lived here for seven mm. years. And yesterday when I was doing my set, I knew there were certain things that I had to... Uh, I just did a short eight-minute spot. I knew there were certain jokes that won't work or certain references that need updating. But what surprised me was even like some of the observational jokes just didn't even land mm. because you know observational humor is something relatable to people, right? And I didn't even know right. certain things yep. that happen in the UK don't happen here. So now, mm. uh, today, I have to be like, okay, what jokes do I need to drop? I have another 20-minute warm-up set tonight, so I get to try more stuff and see what jokes I have to adjust. But, like, um, a lot of observations I do are, like, about quaint British shit. Like, okay, one, one example. Um, <laughs> people lose their, their trash cans in the UK. It, it's, it's a common problem. Mm. Like, you know, outside of houses, they call them bins, right? So every Tuesday mm -hmm. when the, the bin men come, the, the garbage men come, and then yeah, sometimes yeah. they just... Take take the take the trash can and put it at a different house, or they will accidentally oh, no. take someone's trash can without returning it, and they just ship it away. So every every day the neighbors, every week the neighbors will complain, "Oh, where's my trash can gone?" You know, so that in the UK that's like a very quite universal observational thing. Everybody has had that problem, and then I brought yeah. it up here yesterday in Chicago. People are staring at me blankly. <laughs> First of all, they're like, "What? What, what, the, what the fuck's a bin?" You know, because <laughs> like, the word is trash bin You lost us at Bin Man. Yeah, I know. So it's like that. <laughs> I thought Bin was universal. Because you use the, like Windows 95, isn't that like a recycling bin? So I thought that was yeah, universal, yeah. isn't it? So I thought the word bin was universal. So I was wrong on that. And then apparently yeah. people don't lose their trash cans here because yours are like bigger, you know, the metal ones. That, yeah. That are, mm. They're outside buildings. So there's yeah. little things like that. All the quaint oh. British shit. Damn, that, have man, be. that's some quaint British shit right there. Getting your bin stolen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the kind of issues that Asians in the UK have? Because we're just like, we're getting stabbed. You're like, my bin got stolen. Yeah, it, in general, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty peaceful. I actually got punched in the UK, you know? You don't hear about like, COVID Whoa. hate. Yeah, wow, I, I what happened? I talked about it in an in, in, uh, uh, old podcast episode. This was two years ago now. Uh, mm -hmm. I was just walking on the street. I was almost home. And then this guy on a bicycle, he saw me, he jumped off his bike and then just walked towards me and started like punching me. And uh, wow. suspected COVID hate crime. You can't really prove their intention, right? And like, we couldn't right. find mm -hmm. the guy afterwards. Damn. Mm -hmm. yeah, There's a lot of hate there. He got off. Dang. He was already on his way to somewhere and he got off his bike and then walked yeah. to you. <laughs> he made a detour. Damn. Yeah. 
that was rushing somewhere and he made a detour. If you replace the bin material with what you just described, way more relatable in America. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that's so another sad. bit of mine too. I do that in my show too. Yes. So. Oh God. But the so bin sad. stuff. Oh. <laughs> you know, as a comic, sometimes you, uh, uh, you, I'm very proud of myself when I write something observational that's not like about mm-hmm. how foreign I am. It's about like just me living in a local community because you feel like, you know, you belong yeah. here. Oh, I, I noticed things that you have. I have the same problems yeah. you have too. But that yeah. is mm-hmm. a bit jarring when you come to a different country and then uh, the people just look at you blankly, you know. I used the word oh. pensioner yesterday. In the UK, <laughs> you mm-hmm. use that to describe mm-hmm. an old person. And I said the oh, word yeah. pensioner. People just looked at me blankly again. I'm like, oh, you don't have pensions here. You don't have healthcare either. You won't ever get to retire. So that's why you never... <laughs> no, What's a pension? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. What a horrible feeling. No, like I've... I would say the worst that I've ever bombed is... You know, I, I had to do a show like where the average audience age was like 60 years old, very blue collar. And so much of my material is reliant on like you know, just millennial neuroses. And I've legit had an out-of-body experience because I'm like, all, everything I'm saying here is just foreign and alien. And you're not laughing. I don't want to be here. Let's just let's just power through the material and get on with oh, our that's lives. the worst. <laughs> <laughs> like um, you mentioned, I don't know, what, what was something you mentioned? Like therapy. And then 60-year-old guys <laughs> are like, like, what? Oh, 100%. No. 100% <laughs> or like talking about like dating apps and they're just like what the fuck are you talking about like, Tinder you're, you're like so did anyone catch the the season finale of Euphoria and they're like oh, shut the fuck up what the hell is he talking about it's like I'm up here doing some real Carhartt shit <laughs> to Car- people who actually are like reliant on it to do their jobs Brian, <laughs> Brian's, Brian's doing his hot beanie bit it's like you know when you roll your beanie up two times and more girls want to suck your dick it's like <laughs> Okay, no. <laughs> but, Nigel, uh, you know, we're, we're honored to have you on the podcast. Uh, the, the most famous Asian comedian, toe-to-toe with Ronnie Chang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, for our listeners, like, you've amassed a large online following with the character Uncle Roger. Um, but mm-hmm. before that, you had success as a stand-up comedian. And, you know, you've made appearances on BBC, Comedy Central, and... You know, you, you won the Best Newcomer Award at the prestigious Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And, uh-huh. you know, currently now you're on tour doing stand-up. And we're wondering, like, how has the reception been from fans who might know you only as Uncle Roger? It's been, I'd say it's been great because mm. Mm. I was half worried that, um, so the tour show, the format of the tour show, I, I opened the show as Uncle Roger. And then mm-hmm. my, my support act, my opener comes on after Uncle Roger. Then we have an intermission where I can get changed and then I come yeah. on as myself. Mm-hmm. So right. I was half worried that people would just leave after the Uncle Roger section. You know, they'd be mm. like, ah, we, we saw him now. Yes, he talked about fried rice and roasted us. Great, we got all you wanted. Let's, let's go. Uh, right. But fortunately, uh, people stayed for the show. And I have to say, I am, I am a stronger stand-up than Uncle Roger is because I've been doing stand-up as myself for way longer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm glad people stay and, and I'm, I'm glad the, rea- the reception has been good. Yeah, of course, there are mm-hmm. some people out there who will never come see me do stand-up because they like me as Uncle Roger only. Uh, right. And that's, right. uh, but that, that's fine too, you know? Enough of the, there's an enough percentage of conversion to the stand-up which still allows me to tour, so I'm very fortunate. It's been good. Right. Oh, that's great. That's great. I think for people who aren't, you know, familiar with like stand up and like the big um 
like the Fringe Festival being as mm-hmm. big as it is, like people don't understand like the amount of success you had as a stand-up comedian. For you to have those accolades, that means that you're like fucking really great at it. Uh, well, I would say something about the Fringe though. It's not. It's not really like people think the Fringe is like Montreal. I think mm-hmm. it's very different. The Fringe is okay. like, uh, <laughs> how do you put it? Anybody can bring a show up there. Anyone. There is no okay. audition process. Every when you go to, it's in Edinburgh in Scotland, right? So every August, yeah. It's yeah. every August. And they turn every mm-hmm. university classroom, every pub, every uh, basement of a pub, every little, uh, sometimes outdoor spaces into a venue, mm-hmm. into a theater venue. Mm-hmm. So some places are just like a corner of a bar where 20 people, 15 people can sit there and perform. It's a right. very like democratic you know, art festival mm-hmm. as in anybody can join. There's no gatekeepers at all. So you get very varying results. So when people say, oh, I mm. did the fringe, don't be too yeah. impressed. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Brian, we're taking. We're going to the. We're going to Edinburgh. Edinburgh we're, Fringe. We're you and I, Brian. This healing Asian. But also, let's take a moment and note that Nigel here is being a humble Asian king. <laughs> I feel like that's what's going on too. I I, been, I sense a little a humble bit of Asian that king. for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, we saw the write-ups. We saw the Guardian give you the shouts. That's they're, they're not giving anyone shouts. So you had a great one-man show there. Um, oh, but you. yeah, you know, this this has been very curious. You know, I've I've been I've wondered about this because like Uncle Roger is very much a persona and it, it is a character. And um, for people who might only know you as Uncle Roger, like they may not be privy to this whole other facet of you. And like you described, it's mm. you've been doing stand up. You're much stronger stand-up than you are as like doing stand-up as Uncle Roger because you've been doing it for so mm-hmm. long. Yeah. And mm. have there been audience members like who've come up to you after shows who are like sh- kind of surprised or they're like, oh wow, I had no idea. Like, has that happened to you? A lot of people. I, I attract sometimes I try an internet-y crowd, right? Who follow YouTubers. So yeah. a lot yeah. of YouTubers tour as well. So they are pleasantly surprised when I actually can. I'm, I'm pretty good at stand-up because a lot of YouTubers mm. they get big. They never had a stand-up yeah. background. They get big, then they start touring, yep. right? Then, right. They, then they struggle, man, because live stand-up they is suck. so much more yeah. difficult than YouTube. I think YouTube is difficult in, in mm-hmm. a different way, but mm. sense of humor-wise, it's a different skill. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's different. Like sense of humor-wise, like funny-wise, YouTube you can use editing to help you to add a music bit, add sound effects, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know, right. to help you. But stand-up is just you, the mic, and the crowd, and no matter yeah. how many followers and- you have, like you will still bomb. <laughs> You know what I mean? So I still need that skill. Yeah, and, and exactly. Just the quaintest UK observations. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to move, to, man. What I, are you I talking about, sir? Live, live there too okay. long. Live there well, too so long. this is the thing. I'm glad that you brought that up because I feel like a lot of people get so big on YouTube uh-huh. as like a performer or comedians and people don't realize that performing live comedy is a separate skill that needs to be honed and it takes like years to do it and so then you know they have like whatever 10 million followers they hit the road and it's like crickets yeah you know it's just like correct tomato tomatoes you know i know i I feel bad man like oh because like on youtube the 10 million they feel like they're like king of the world they haven't bombed yet they never bombed in their life yet (laughs) And then to bomb <laughs> in front of people who love you. Oh, it's one thing Ooh. to bomb in front of people who hate you or are indifferent yeah, to you. Yeah. Right? They're like, oh, it's not my crowd. Yeah. And then if a YouTuber bombs, like, that is your crowd and you're still bombing. That's yeah, the yeah. worst feeling. <laughs> That's it awful. Must, it must feel really good for you to like ha- do that intro as Uncle Roger and then the people are still there and then you're like, haha, I'm going to pull this out of my hat. I get. I bet you didn't know that I could also do this. Yeah, like it, it does. Weapon. It's, the, it's like the pressure is pressure off now. 
You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, I can just, just relax and perform as myself. And people have gotten what they want. They feel like they're, they're, they have gotten their tickets worth, their money's right. worth. Yeah. And when you mentioned uh, Uncle Roger's a character, uh, I, I feel mm-hmm. like at first I thought he was a character. And then after doing it a while, <laughs> I realized, oh, shit, it's not really a character. Uncle Roger is who I would have become if I didn't leave Malaysia. You know, <laughs> Uncle Roger is who I would be in 20 years if I was still back in Malaysia. You know? <laughs> this is me. Yeah. I, I see that. I mean, mm-hmm. you've you have described your comedy as being somewhat like curmudgeon, and Uncle yeah. Roger is very much a curmudgeon. And Attitude, yeah, sassiness, the Asian yeah. uncle sassiness. Who is Uncle Roger's audience on YouTube? Does it skew young? Yeah, what's your yeah, demo? It, it skews young because YouTube skews young. Yes, right. Uh, and and I mean. I guess I'm also biased, right? Because younger people are the ones more likely to leave comments and join your Discord mm-hmm. and participate in a discussion because they're they all jobless and unemployed. So they have time, <laughs> right? But I think right. I, <laughs> I, I have, uh, when, when it comes to the stand-up, it's people for, of all ages, man. You know, I get yeah. people mm. who are born after 2000, in the 2000s, and which is like, wow, mm-hmm. uh, how are you even allowed to be here? I have also like uh, uh, people closer to my parents' age, you know, 40s, 50s, and also people mm-hmm. around my age, 20s, 30s. So I think it, it, it's everybody. But it, on YouTube, it skews young because YouTube skews young. I imagine it must be like a really fun uh, experiment, but also a fun challenge in some ways to see like, okay, does this uh, does this audience who loves me for Uncle Roger fuck with my stand-up where the audience may not be like totally tailored in that algorithmic way, you know? Yeah, sometimes they get surprised because in my, in my stand-up, it can get a bit dirty. It can get a bit... Uh, yeah. On on yeah. on the edge, you know. I try to go a little bit slightly provocative. Some jokes, uh-huh. not not every joke. So they get a bit surprised, and their parents who bring their fourteen-year-olds, they're like, "Oh boy!" Oh no! <laughs> I explain to him See, what a dildo is, a- is on the on the car ride <laughs> oh back. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! What's well, it? I I'm always really fascinated by uh, stand-up comedians specifically that become famous on larger platforms mm-hmm. where they're a little bit more like wholesome. Like you know, like Bob Saget. You remember yeah. like how he used to host like. Um, America's Funniest Home Videos and that's how everyone knew him like as this yeah. like and he's the full like, house the full, full house, house dad, dad guy yeah. but then his stand up was like just you know like really the, the fucking most intense it was very <laughs> very crass and so I was always like I wonder what it felt like for people that went to Bob Saget shows because they were like it's probably like people in the Midwest that like these like old like people and they're like, oh, I love this wholesome let's, dad. Let's go see and some you wholesome comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about like jerking off into someone's ripped open neck. I don't even know. He <laughs> went really, he got really weird with it, right? And I think that was part of, I, I feel like for him, that was part of his act though, like to come off as this wholesome person and then just like come in with the weird, weird stuff. Oh, yeah. For me, um, Fortunately for YouTube, I got to control the type of content I put out. So Uncle, mm. the Uncle Roger mm-hmm. videos, they're not completely clean. There's some dirty jokes in yeah, there. Yeah. As yeah. any for sure. middle-aged Asian boomer would, would, you know, would tell. That kind of dirty jokes. So <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of that. Uh, and, and I'm just less extreme. Bob Saget is very clean. And then uh, R.I.P. Bob Saget, very, very clean on TV. R.I.P. Yeah. Very dirty on, on stage, right? I'm like uh-huh. I'm less extreme. I'm kind of dirty yeah, yeah. on YouTube. You know, a little bit yeah. more dirtier on stage. Yeah, and I also feel like because of the internet and how much we're seeing of people, because it used to be like performers, we would see them like one hour a week and then they disappeared from our consciousness. But like mm-hmm. with the internet, we're always in front of people. And I think that there's more of an openness to have like a fully fleshed out human being. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're okay with, yeah. I think that's important too. Uh, with the internet, the, the, that realness, 
that people mm. never yeah. got from traditional media and TV and stuff because mm. it's also filtered and uh, pre- they be- all become presenters. You know, in the in the yep. UK, like a lot of comics got big, and then the biggest the biggest thing they do they host Mass Singer, and it's like that, mm. that is the most. Uh, I mean, kudos to you gets gets paid a lot, you know, but get that money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's the most sterile thing, isn't it? You can't really right. have mm-hmm. a personality or a mass singer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Nobody wants to see your personality on the mask singer. No, just read the cue card and shut up. <laughs> that's that's what a presenter's job is. <laughs> um, Nigel, it goes without saying that your Uncle Roger character is beloved and adored because, like we said up top, numbers don't lie. But uh, he's also no stranger to criticism. And oh boy! <laughs> yes, you know, in I past get canceled once a year on average, you know. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. And I want to emphasize: it's not like a like a big Me Too cancellation. It's more like shit I said, or uh, you know, that kind of shitty jokes cancellation. So, yeah, I mean, I've I've seen some of your videos where you know, you, you, some of the cancellations come out of the the content of Uncle Roger's jokes or the jokes you make in character. Like I think most recently there was. Uh, a joke about Russia and you yep. had to make <laughs> oh, <no>. a <laughs> yeah you, you had to make a response video to it but yeah um you know especially here in, in America like the Uncle Roger character if you go on Twitter or even on Reddit um he has been criticized for the usage of his accent and yes. you know in past <laughs> interviews you have said that most of the criticism directed at Uncle Roger and his accompanying accent has come from Asians in the West and we want to know why do you feel that is mm. Yeah, I, uh, a lot of people uh, think I'm perpetuating stereotypes. There's this chef out there who whose videos I really like, actually. So it's a bit of a bummer. Kenji Lopez, uh, mm. he hates my guts, man. But you know, to each his own. Oh. To each his own. You know, I I, I don't blame. Right. Him. Um, I mm-hmm. think the criticism is more like uh, it's like um, his accent. He doesn't speak like this, but he puts on the accent. It perpetuates stereotypes, and I can see right. why. You know, I think s- some people and. Okay, this is a minority of people. Most people just view it, laugh, and move on. Uh, some right. people, the I numbers think, don't lie. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, maybe some people grew up and maybe they, being the only Asian person in a majority white place, they felt very displaced. And mm-hmm. whenever they mm-hmm. hear that accent being done at them, the intention mm-hmm. behind that accent is is malice, is malicious, right? It's yep. right. maybe yep. a white guy mm-hmm. trying to make fun of you. It's, oh, the accent's coming. He, he's gonna take my mm-hmm. lunch money now. You know, it's like PTSD. Totally. It, it triggers something inside them and. And I get that some some people's lives are like that, um, mm-hmm. but I was what I would say to that is I, I think an, an an accent is not a stereotype, right? A stereotype is a lot mm-hmm. of things. It's, it's an accent with the uh, the intention of of mocking someone and and trying to put people mm-hmm. down. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's everything. And I think uh, if you look at my videos, sure the character has an accent, but it's an accent that's very close to how I grew up sounding. So it's you know it's what mm-hmm. I did in my childhood, well how I sounded in my childhood, and also the, right. the things I talk about. It's like. Asian culture shit, you know? How else can white people learn about galangal? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Asian mm-hmm. ingredients mm-hmm. and rice cookers mm-hmm. and MSG, all that stuff. Uh, so yeah. that, that's the criticism, really. I think um, people think it's a bit, uh, I don't know, tr- tr- perpetuating stereotypes and making us yeah. look bad and come across as, like, oh, they, they think like some white guy's going to be, oh, Chinaman speak funny. They'll watch an Uncle Roger video right, and right. then use that accent to mock other Asian people. 
Mm. Yeah, you know, I think I think I always found it really interesting because I've heard you talking about this before. Mm. I think the point that you make that is the most interesting for me is you're talking about how, as an Asian person that grew up in Asia, that's like a very common way that Asian people joke about ourselves. And you know, like even in Korea, you see the comedy there, and it it is very like making fun of our culture for our people mm-hmm. because. Um, you, you're there's a safety and understanding that your audience is you, right? It's just Korean people watching this. So if you say something funny about how like Koreans are cheapskates or whatever, it's just other Koreans being like, yeah, ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, and, and I know this is like a big, this, this is like a, such a big conversation with all like marginalized groups, like, mm-hmm. and we all know what happened to like Dave Chappelle back in the day, where he had this realization that he was like what I'm assuming is he was doing these jokes, which he meant for like the black community. And then one day he realized that the room was full of white people and they're all laughing at his community. And he had this like big thing that made him feel bad. Um, But I, I like struggle so much with thinking about this because number one, I think the most important rule for me is I never want to tell an Asian person what they can and can't do as a creative. That's like, that's not my place. And I respect everyone um, to make their own like assessment on what they're doing to help and harm the community, especially because I, I feel like I don't, I really truly believe this, that you're never coming at it at a, from a place of like conde- condescending our community. It's almost like you're coming at it like from a place of love and respect. And that's how I joke, you know, like how I joke about my mom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it fucking sucks when I make a joke about my fucking Korean mom and like Korean people get it. And we're like, ha ha ha, respectfully laughing. And it fucking sucks to then see like somebody that's going to take it and go somewhere fucking weird with it. But I just don't have any control with uh, like over that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever you put out, you can't really control what people will do with it. Right? Totally. Otherwise, yeah. totally. as a creative, so you'll just be paralyzed and you won't be able to, you won't ever put out anything. You know, I've, 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 I've had like a, a whole arc and like complicated feelings like surrounding this Uncle Roger character because what you described, I very much fit into that mold of Asian American where like I grew up in a predominantly white community. I mm-hmm. had like Asian accents thrown at me as a, as a form of like discrimination and it was always used like with hostility and malice. And so, mm-hmm. like you described, it's like a trigger for me where immediately I'm like, really? And so I've, I've mm-hmm. known you for, I've known your work for a long time, Nigel, where like I loved your stand-up. And then when I saw the Uncle Roger character, before even watching any of the videos, I was like, oh man, like why we gotta do the Asian accent? Like this seems sort of like, but and that's, that's me being like judgmental and not really like assessing the content fairly because, you know, after having watched numerous videos, there's so many stark differences to what what is associated with the Asian accent here in America. And I think there's so many layers to this conversation because, for one, you grew up in Asia. Your relationship mm-hmm. to an Asian mm-hmm. accent is going to be so different from my relationship to hearing an Asian accent because I grew mm-hmm. up in America and more specifically a very white community where Asian accents were just always used as a way to ridicule. And I guess like yeah. what what's the difference for me is I feel like and again, like I, I never want to like Youngmi said, I like I fucking hate policing. I never want to police someone's work, someone's art. Like, cause at the end of the day, like we'll let the people decide, you know, like it's, it's mm-hmm. everyone has their own 
uh, morality and litmus test for like what's good and what's bad for the community. And like, for one, like you don't even have any obligation to make art. That's like, it's whatever speaks to yeah. you and that that's it. And I guess for me here, it's like, I'm very cynical where how do you know for real that the people who are consuming that content are like laughing with yeah. you and not just like clinging on to because there's so like comedy so broad like when I watch a stand-up special with my dad the things that my dad laughs at sometimes it's not even the punchline he's just like laughing at the way someone's arm is flapping around whereas like as a comedian I'm all about like the writing and so you have no control over how people are going to receive the Uncle Roger character. The jokes are great. The writing is very sharp. It's not like some fucking long duck dong shit from the 80s where they didn't even have any That's speaking true. roles and they're just like using the accent. Like you're just being truthful to like what an, uh, what a Malaysian uncle would be like. That's how they would speak. And you're, you're using the platform to celebrate Asian cuisine and like poke fun at people like tr at their attempts at it. Mm -hmm. Now... I guess I'm just cynical. I just think that yeah. may maybe there's a lot of people who will laugh at the accent itself. And for that to have so much popularity overall, I, it would like hamper or like be used as a way to like judge Asian Americans like negatively. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to like say yeah. here? I think the way I determine like, the intent of the laugh, right? That's what you're yeah. trying mm -hmm. to get at. I think one yeah. way to look at it would be to look at the, the comments people leave underneath the videos. Right. right, like look mm -hmm. at the, the take the Jamie Oliver video for example. People are laughing at Jamie Oliver. Most of the comments yeah. are people yes. laughing at Jamie Oliver fucking up as the they Asian should. Food. Yeah, which <laughs> fucking yeah. up egg fried rice, which is <laughs> the intention of the video. And w mm -hmm. will there be people who are just laughing like haha, China man speak funny? O of course. Mm, but of I course. think yeah. based on my experience, looking at the comments, I I I don't look through every single one, but I open up right. the YouTube Studio and I check the comments, and it's mm. very very. A very very small percentage, you know, and those people, right? They pop. They probably won't subscribe to it. They'll probably like, oh, watch once. Ah oh, ha, China man speak funny. M move on, right? They won't be yeah. invested in like, oh, that cooking technique. They won't subscribe and come back for more. I don't think. And based on the, yeah. com the comments they leave, it's very few people uh, leave comments like that. Fortunately, which which is nice. And mm. I think that's also another good yeah. thing about YouTube and versus the Chappelle incident. Chappelle, uh, not incident, but Chappelle's experience. Ages ago, mm -hmm. he was making Chappelle show, mm -hmm. right? With this kind of big network mm -hmm. thing, you have z you have very little control over the final creative output, mm -hmm. right? Sure, you write it, you f you you act in it, but like the filming, the editing, the way it's packaged, everything is so controlled yeah. by the executive, the, the suits I like to call them. Yeah, yeah. But with YouTube, yeah. is me filming it, me writing it uh, with with some some help from writers and and my my mm -hmm. comic friends and chefs, right. mm -hmm. me filming it, me editing it. I do the thumbnail, mm. I do I do the the title, I, I look at the comments, I post about mm -hmm. it on my socials, I choose what clips to clip out to put on TikTok. So at least everything still filter filters through me and then there's still the little bit yeah. of um Asian conscience in there. You know what I mean? Mm. As opposed to yeah. there's a POV. And yeah. I think that's like also the thing that Brian brought up about the Long Duk Dong thing is like somebody wrote that from a disgusting place. A white person wrote that. Yeah. But your POV is an Uncle Roger. And Uncle Roger, the character, is very, very strong. And he is very sub subversive as a character because he is the one that's like correcting people that are being stupid like jamie oliver do you yeah. know what i mean like it's not like he isn't the butt of the joke um and i think that that thing that you said about Chappelle is very interesting because he even said that i think the moment that it struck him was he was looking out 
like among the crew and the whole crew was white because that's like the director's white the cameraman's white the producer yeah. the guy making all the money is white you know yeah um, but at that, can I just say this one thing really quick? Also, Young Me, just uh, this, sorry, yeah. sorry, Young Me, just before yeah. you go on, just to provide some color uh-huh. for our listeners, the Chappelle incident that we keep referring to is he walked away from like a multi, 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 multi million dollar deal from Comedy Central yeah. and like dipped to Africa. And because at the end of the day, he because, was like, you yeah. people are laughing at my community and you're not laughing with me. You're laughing at the wrong parts like he, of my material. He so felt like a minstrel this. act, basically. Fine. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. but go on, young lady. Yeah. And then he came oh, back yeah, yeah. to do just, came back to do trans and jokes. Then came so. <laughs> and then he came back. He came back, yeah. and then he I've just ruined some, his uh, legacy. Yeah. I've, I've done some self reflection. <laughs> yeah, he came and back worse. I've decided to talk about trans people. We <laughs> we, oui, oui. but I just want to say this, like you know, I think Brian and I have been talking about this it, before we recorded, and we there's like, I I can't I think that this conversation. There is no answer, and I don't think we should look at cultural issues like this being like, what's the fucking answer? Is it yes or no? Do you know what I mean? I I think it's very nuanced. I think it's very complicated. You know, there are the people that out out there that hate it. There are the people that understand it. But I think uh, what I wanted to say was whatever fucking issue that I might, you know, like have with it when I'm thinking about it, I have laughed so hard at your videos. Like, they make me fucking laugh. Thanks. Bro, they fucking made, they're fucking funny. I don't know. Like, am I going to feel bad about that? No, I don't know. They make me fucking laugh. And other, and a lot of, com- a lot of stand-up comedians just do not make me laugh. So there's that. You know? Oh, thank you very much, young me. And one thing, Brian, you said about the, yeah. the relationship you have to the Asian accent. And yeah. that, that's, uh, I mean, it rings very true to a lot of people who grew up in the West, right? And for me, for sure. from my mm-hmm. experience, I, when I go home and I hear that accent, it brings me joy, you know? It makes me feel like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, that was how, how I used to sound. It means like, when people put that accent in a more casual, the Uncle Roger style of speaking, like, hiya, fuyo, those kind of slang words, then I know I'm in a company of like, it's a casual company, people are not trying to put on airs, it's not mm-hmm. a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. It, feel, it feels like home, it feels joyful. You know, so that's my yeah. relationship with that accent. Yeah. You know, and it also, comes from that place say, as well. Yeah. And I, so I don't know about um, like you, like you culturally, but for Koreans, like Korean people, speak in a tone that's like that to be funny yeah do you know mm. what i mean like yeah. they'll say things like i go like that like because it's funny yeah. mm. and we laugh and the reason that old korean people say things like that is to make each other laugh and again it's just like it's, what are you gonna do if some fucking racist also was making fun of us because of that you know what are we yeah. gonna do it'll be funny i've never <laughs> seen a white guy say i go though that would be <laughs> <laughs> That'll be something new for them, I think. Be like, wow, yeah. that guy is so cultured. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I, I, I think that's a great point to stress, young way, is that we're not, um, yeah. there's no singular answer. And at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it's, yeah, people are going to consume what they want to consume. And that's what's the beauty of the internet in some ways, is that it is meritocratic. Like, you can't, like, yeah. something, like you can't deny, like, there's immense popularity. And who am I to yeah. police, like, the intention behind like their laughs, you know, I, I used to hear like a lot of Asian actors on podcasts before where they would deny auditions purely if they just had an Asian accent, just as a means of like, we're past that. And I was of that camp too, where mm-hmm. anything with an Asian accent yeah. would be like, fuck this, this goes totally against like what I set out to do in America. Like we've had enough mm-hmm. roles in American media where if, if there was one Asian character, they had an Asian accent. Why can't we have an Asian American character who just speaks with a neutral American accent? And I, yeah. but then I'd be, but then I, I don't know if I'm like being too much 
because I think there is a it's a slippery slope because then at that point I'm like well am I just there as are, bad yeah. am I just as bad for like immediately just deriding like deriding yeah. uh, deriding an Asian accent and immediately assuming mm -hmm. that it is bad like I don't know. It's an endless yeah. rabbit hole. But I, like, I'm not I'm absolving myself, Nigel. Like, I, it is nice to hear your intentionality behind it because when I first saw the the the, your, the video that like sparked all of it, like the washing the rice, I thought yeah. it was so funny. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, is this guy just like throwing our culture under the bus and just like doing yeah. an Asian accent just to appeal to like white people? And you know, for you, I didn't. I, I would not be able to know that about you had I not had this conversation of like, it comes from a place of like love and celebration and it is an ode to your like very real authentic experience. And if I'm just like an internet warrior, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. I would just like project no, I, whatever my policing like mentality is. But the, also it's written so well that like, I, I think that it, it would be hard to see like, cause the, like your jokes are written from this perspective of like uncle Roger always having the upper hand and power. So I think that is also subversive. Yeah. Can I, yeah. I, I try and I actually personally I do enjoy I love Asian food and I love how it's made and I've learned so much from it and you know like you learn how ramen's made and then Uncle Roger's like yeah I need to shit on these chefs who attempt to uh -huh. make ramen these western chefs <laughs> and another thing about the the um uh, putting our own culture down for you know for the white gaze so to speak mm. right <laughs> very mm -hmm. academic very 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 lefty term um but I've heard you can you can you can uh, put your own culture down without putting on the accent too. Mm. You know what I mean? That's I've seen true. Asian comics here in Europe or in the US. The jokes right. they tell, I'm like, fuck, I'd rather you do an accent, mate. You know, yeah. like the your jokes you tell is like the hacky, I shitty stereotype, talking about your own your, how how shit your own people are. Oh, we're Chinese, yeah, we yeah. cut corner, ha 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 ha, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I hate gross. that shit too. Yeah. That shit totally. is yeah, rampant. Not to shit on like Asian Americans or anything, but <laughs> I feel like there is a lack of understanding. Like, you know, because you are from Asia, Nigel. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lack of understanding. There's a little bit of a disconnect there culturally um, on what is acceptable and how Asians in Asia act. And I feel like it is a little gatekeepy for Asian Americans to project their ideas onto all Asians. That's I mean, all it, I it's say. kind of an American thing to do, isn't it? So, in a yeah, sense, yeah. you're assimilating to the yep, Americanness. Yep. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like them yeah. being like an asian an asian person would never like assert like their thoughts onto another person yeah that's a joke that's a joke that's like <laughs> white behavior never, they're becoming I'll, karens I'll, I'll never go go tell aquafina hey speak normal aquafina you know <laughs> that's like such a white thing to do to tell somebody else like how to behave is a karen thing to do it's an american oh, sure. thing to do yeah, yeah but I, you should be proud of that. That means you're part of the part of the country now. You know, you're part of the fabric. We did it. <laughs> you know, we assimilated. Isn't that what we you were fighting for? <laughs> We've, oh my yes. god, we're yeah. we are Americans. Wow, yes. I told you. Wow, I can finally quit this comedy thing. I can just, now that I've gone full Karen. <laughs> I can just. Um, no, but this has been, uh, you know, I really appreciate you uh, mm -hmm. like fielding our questions and being open to this discussion, Nigel. Because at the end of the day, it is. It, yeah, I think that's what it boils down to is that like I'm I'm coming at it from a cynical view, but I'm carrying mm -hmm. my experience as yeah. growing up in America and you're coming at it from like a celebratory optimistic point of view where like mm -hmm. you are introducing people who normally would not may not be introduced to this sort of content or to this side of Asian culture with like camaraderie and a sense of love. Whereas for me, I'm like, fuck this 
initially i don't feel this way anymore but initially it was just like fuck this asian accent like these white people are all laughing <laughs> at the accent they don't give a fuck about anything else like this is setting back uh like asians in media and um but you know i've 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 fully i've come i've come around yeah. and if it makes you feel any better brian i've gotten tagged in so many white people buying rice cookers and they're, they're <laughs> nice. learning how to make rice properly so you know, I don't, I don't work, give a fuck least. about the He's white doing people. The work. I don't give a fuck about the white people. I don't give a fuck. I'm just I'm just trying to offer a counterpoint here where yeah. I've seen I've seen the Reddit posts. People like to mm-hmm. Uncle Roger is a point of discussion, and I'm saying like yeah. I kind of see both I still totally see both sides of it, you know, and I want to get to the root of it. Um but speaking of I don't, Uncle, I just want to laugh. I'm so tired of talking about this fucking this. I'm sick of the fucking discourse. Who gives a shit? Okay. I'm just kidding. Who cares? No, no, I just I just Can laugh. We... I just laughed at the Uncle Roger videos. What? You're gonna fucking cancel me for laughing? Shut up. I don't care anymore. <laughs> My mom also laughed. My mom's fucking Korean. She's been she's been through a wartime. Okay, leave her alone. <laughs> and um, when the thing the thing about uh, auditioning for a role to the Asian accent. I think it depends on the role and how it's written and the point of view too, right? Like when you watch totally. like Minari, it would be yeah. weird if the mom character spoke like with a perfect Eng- like American English, English accent. American right? accent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So yeah. depends on the role, it's I guess. It's about the writing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great um, point. But, you know, Nigel, are there, uh, are there any things that you do as yourself, as Nigel in the kitchen that would get oh. roasted by Uncle Roger? <laughs> <laughs> the way I design my kitchen... Yeah, that, it's 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 pretty. It's a nice it's a nice kitchen, but it's a very Western style kitchen. Wait, you know, like what's a Western style versus an Eastern style kitchen? Have you? I, I, look, I look at. I'm comparing my mom's kitchen to, okay. to 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 my kitchen. I think it's it's a lot more cluttered, but it's cluttered in a way that makes sense. It's cluttered, <laughs> yeah. and because things are all out in display, because it's convenient. You want to walk, you grab the walk. Ladle, grab the ladle. Mm. My stuff, right. it's everything's tucked away in drawers, so you have to open this, open that, you know. Mm. Uh, and and then my mom in Asia, we cook. We don't really have gas built into the house, so we have we, yeah. every every couple of weeks or so uh, there'll be a gas delivery guy delivering like this these t- butane tanks, right? So you take the oh, old. That's right. how my mom's house is. Yeah, they take yeah. the old tank out. They take, get the old the new tank in. So I think those tanks they allow you to get like bigger like walk walk fires and you can move the tank outside and cook outside as mm-hmm. well uh, so my mm. mom kind of has an outdoor kitchen I don't and Uncle Roger <laughs> would be a bit pissed because uh, oh, and I also don't have a, a vent a hood like a cooking hood over the stove <gasps> in my house because it, oh. to me wow. I think it looks a bit ugly but if you want to wow. make Asian food man you, you need a hood man you need the extractor otherwise the you garlic the soy sauce everything just your, your house smells like garlic for the next few days you know, unless you yeah. have an outdoor kitchen. Speaking of the vent and the hoods, like a Korean barbecue place without the hood or the vent over it, I feel like it makes it more for a, De- an authentic... De- that's, you, deadly. You, deadly? <laughs> your clothes are ruins, but you know that place slaps when they don't have vents over the over the grills. <laughs> and they all have them, no? They have like, the, the tube that comes down. Brian, they have to have them. It's, it's a legal thing. Okay, I don't what know what the fuck what I'm talking bootleg about. Korea, what bootleg <laughs> Korean place are you going to that yeah. we don't know about? You're putting like our people down, underground. Brian. Yeah, you know Asians, we don't follow the rules, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> Koreans don't have vents over there, so... I, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um, it's a legal thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, this is another Brian's thing. I've never always... been to a Korean restaurant ever. He doesn't. Yeah, go. That's, he just but outed isn't there, himself. Isn't, isn't oh. there anything more? Is there anything more American than that though? Than to just speak like I'm the police and police others. Brian is American, but I have American. zero authority over what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I but, respect. I respect that with yeah. Americans. You know, like I, I went came here for university, right? And the the level of yeah. confidence. Americans have speaking about sometimes sometimes topics they know yeah, which is wrong fine. and loud. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's useful in life, isn't it? You just kind of bullshit yep. your way to the top, and it works, man. And it sometimes works. I feel like Asians <laughs> from Asia, we need a bit of that. We're all very like timid and shy sometimes, and you know, right. then that it costs us opportunities. You know, we don't speak up. You know, right, right. So no, the American thing is yeah. keep keep that, Brian. Keep that. Oh, Keep it, God. Brian. Yeah. Be confident and wrong. Yeah. Be loud and a, wrong. You're creating a monster here. I'm gonna become. <laughs> I'm gonna create a persona where it's just pure Asian accent, pure minstrel act. Sets yeah. our culture back thousand years, and I don't give a. There fuck. There we go. I love it. <laughs> yeah, this I'm American dumb, baby. I'm Kanye. You need a bit of Kanye in you. You know. I'm yeah, Brian's attitude. been talking about that. Uh, speaking about like confidence, I want to talk about food a bit here, Nigel. So. You know, I know you as a comedian. I'm sure that's like your jam. You you were busy doing open mics and doing comedy shows. Mm-hmm. Like, are you a great chef? Because these videos, like, it requires a very specific knowledge, and I'm sure <laughs> there's like a magnified lens where people really need to make sure. Like, are you is Uncle Roger doing his shit right? And how like what's your relationship to it? Are you naturally just like a good cook always? Have you always been that way? I'm an I'm a decent home cook. I'm an okay home cook level. Mm. You know, right. I used to think I was a good home cook, and until I started making these videos and I see how the pros do it, and I'm like, okay. wow, I yeah. have so much to learn. It's like what do you call it? the 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 opposite of the Dunning Kruger effect or something, right? The better you are, yes. something, the more shit oh, you realize yeah, yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's where I am. I, I would say those videos would not be possible without the help of my uh, f- chef friends and food uh, mm. other people who are also very passionate about food. You know, whether or not okay. they're chefs. So a lot yeah. of the times, to, in the process of making the video, if it's a dish I don't really know, so if mm-hmm. it's a fried rice video, I kind of I reviewed it too much, too many times. I know all, everything at the top of my head now. But if it's like say, <laughs> uh, Thai green curry, like ramen, pho, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, I have my mm-hmm. my my friends I talk to who are pros in that uh, environment, pros in those dishes, and I do my mm-hmm. research. I book book an hour of their time. I talk about the dish, how to make it properly, what the video got wrong, and then mm-hmm. those, so yeah. that like cooking technique. I, I want people to watch my videos for the comedy, but and right. and not the journalism. But it's nice yeah. to get the the technique, the technical side of things as correct as I possibly can. Yeah. So you know, yeah, yeah. That, that's how I make. You know them. what I think. You know what I think is really important about your videos, like besides obviously the the humor, is that you are there is there is a cultural phenomenon where white people attempt to make Asian food. They don't fucking know anything about it and they don't respect it, but they don't give a fuck because it's like I'm I'm fucking Jamie Oliver. You know, like I'll get away with Thai green curry. I'm gonna show you how to do this and you're gonna listen because I'm famous. You know, it's like that. (laughs) Like kind of like what you're talking about. Like in the West, there's this like I'm wrong and I'm confident, so you you have to listen to me. And I think that what you're doing, I think, is very interesting and important because you're like, dude, no, you're doing it wrong, and like, uh, and it's it, it's disrespectful, dude. Like it's it's fine that you're a chef and you're gonna take your little like you can make your little take on a certain cuisine but these are the same people that if i fucked up bangers and mash they would call me like they would like <laughs> cancel me on if i fucked up their fucking 
beloved bangers and mash i'd be like canceled <laughs> forever do you know what i mean it's like when you're talking about another person's culture it's almost like you know like when you are are like talking about french food you have to be so so on top of everything or they will literally kill you the french people will kill you right mm-hmm. but like <laughs> yep. but they don't carry the same respect for our cultures because they're like well no one gives a shit about Chinese food or whatever, but it's not like French food. French food is like fancy and important. Like mm-hmm. that's like their, that's their like uh, unspoken ideology that I think that they really have. That, and, and it's a sad thing. Like, yeah, European cuisine, European cooking techniques are still seen as like prestigious and like the, Elevated. the, the yeah. staple Elevated. of how, how you're supposed to cook. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, I, I don't know how that reputation came about. Maybe because like take Chinese takeaways in the UK, I think in America too, the yeah. Chinese takeout stuff, mm-hmm. it's like cheap, it's easy and, and kind of like low cost and quick. So maybe right. that's how the reputation came about. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but that, that there's so much that goes into it, you know, like, like ra- a, a ramen dish. And yeah, sometimes in, in yes. Thailand, if you eat a Thai curry, yes, it is cheap. But like the, mm-hmm. the amount of thought, the amount of time that goes into pounding the spices... You know, uh, the, the yeah. home recipes, every every recipe is slightly different because they don't share with each other. They don't write things down. It's all feeling. There's so much. Mm-hmm. To me, it's, it's, it's such art and, you know, craft and thought behind it. And Western chefs, yeah. you know, like someone like Jamie Oliver, he got big in the UK. He, his goal is to sell cookbooks and the yeah. Asian population in the UK is just 1%. None of none of us here, you know, hopefully until now, none of us have like a, a <laughs> voice on mainstream UK TV. Uh, so yeah, right. why wouldn't he do it, right? Why people love green curry? Why people want yeah. to buy cookbooks <laughs> that are that make green curry easy to make at home? They don't really right. care about correctness. They just want, oh, can I get this ingredient at Tesco at the grocery store? You know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the incentive for Jamie Oliver to write these kind of recipes. And I have to say, I, I know Jamie Oliver recently did like a TikTok live. So what he did <laughs> was he got like a lot of food TikTokers to start the live <laughs> with him. And okay. I hear through the grapevine, because I have a couple of friends in the TikTok food world scene, right? They were told mm-hmm. by Jamie's production team, please stay away from Asian food. If you're not Asian, wow. please stay away from Asian food. So, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a little bit overcorrecting, but I like th- that correction is nice to see that happening. You know? No, that's, that's totally... The, the, that's the Uncle Roger's sphere that. of influence right there. Yeah, yeah I'm striking <laughs> they fear need in to his be, heart. If they're making Asian food, they need to be fucking scared. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Okay, do it. Do it, Jamie Oliver, and I'll be here breathing down your neck in case you fuck it up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want him to do it. I'm running out of Jamie Oliver Asian videos to roast. And also, I, I think you yeah. got to lean in and make an Uncle Roger bangers and mash cookbook. Yeah, yeah, bangers and mash. The idea. British food. Don't sp- yeah. s- mushed peas, beans for breakfast. I don't know. It's really hard to fuck it up because it's already kind of bad. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, Brits. Sorry, British people. Please buy tickets to my show. I have show. to say, <laughs> one of my, I have to say, the food in the UK is good, though. I personally like it. There are some great restaurants out there. Yeah, yeah. That's um, all I'm gonna say. There's some great restaurants, yeah. but like t- the like yeah. quintessential. If you leave London, you know, if you're not in yeah. London, the British food you get, you know, is ooh boy. Yeah. Speak on it, Nigel. We want to hear this. Beans, <laughs> what, beans on the, toast. Ooh, what, what, it's just the mushed beans. Beans yeah, on toast. They yeah. have to really. They they have to stop. I know, and the beans come from a can. You oh, know, it's God. some Heinz. Help me. Oh. The bacon oh, soggy no. and thick. You know, American <laughs> bacon is like <laughs> next level. It's so good, man. When I, when I leave America, the thing I miss most is Beans. bacon and LaCroix, you know? Oh. I'm very basic. Oh. But uh, yeah. Wonderful the, pairing. 
every everything in in you can, if you leave London, it's like whew, boy. Yeah, and as an American who has spent almost zero time in the UK, I have it on authority to say that UK food is bad, and I'm saying yeah. it loud. Tell them, Brian, and with conviction. <laughs> I love how they I love how they tried to like tell you something. I love how they were trying to make Chinese food. That's like hilarious actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nigel, thanks for uh, you know, indulging our our, our questions uh thus far, but you know, we want to move into our next stage of our podcast, a little lightning round, get to know you on a little deeper level. Uh, Nigel, what is something you're loving right now? What I'm loving right now. Um whew. Uh being able to do the, the, the things I like and then have people mm. watch it because uh, a lot of people ask me, like, do you ever feel like uh, trapped by this Uncle Roger character? Mm-hmm. And um, I always say, you know, as a creative pr- a person pursuing something creative, you're never guaranteed a, a break, right? So to have anything mm. that catches any yeah. fire, I'm like, oh, thanks, fuck. So when people, sometimes I get recognized yeah. on the street and people take photos and then my friends will be like, do you ever get annoyed? And I'm like, no, I, I'm just more relieved, if anything. I'm like, oh, thank fuck. Mm. There's someone out there who likes the stuff I put out. So <laughs> that's a nice thing, I guess. That's, is that good enough as an answer? I that's love great. that. That's yeah. great. That's a perfect answer. Young me, I think no, we should do that. A, we always talk about how... a great way to look at it. Yeah, whenever we're recognized for our podcast, it makes us want to throw up. What? <laughs> I just want to kill myself. It's, yeah. It's it's embarrassing. Embarrassing. Why? 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 I love it, you know? I don't know. I got a, I I got a lot. I feel bad. <laughs> Maybe you have the American celebrity attitude. And another thing, oh, oh, my fans are beneath No, me. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, like, I feel bad that I'm getting complimented. Like, I feel like I don't deserve it. Uh, and then I feel like it makes me feel shy. Not like, no, not at all. I, I will never be that American. Like, I, like I, I feel like, oh, like, I don't deserve your respect or something. Mm. And then I feel bad because I feel like I'm acting all shy when people come up to me. And then they're reading that as me being like fucking snobby do you know what i mean where, I, where i'm like ah, thank you but they're probably like ah, ah, like do you know what I mean? <laughs> complicated conversely what is something you're hating right now hating uh is that the same question as a shame thing that you paywall or is this something different totally different, different baby oh, yeah. oh, something shit. you don't like no pressure it can be very yeah, yeah it could be very put basic. on your care put on your mushy Karen fried wig. rice just be as messy as you want uh I, I'm traveling a lot for my tour right now, right? And the tricky uh-huh. thing is I don't know how to pack for uh, cities with w- really different weather conditions. You know, yeah. I'm here, Philly, then New- Chicago, Philly, then New York. Okay, that's coldish. And then mm-hmm. Dallas and Houston. So now I got to pack like what? what? What do they wear there? Shorts, you know, and T-shirts. I know. I, I've never been. And I, I think touring is a mega... <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to make uh, like a red cat that says "Make MSG Great Again," you know. But nice. I think it's a bit—it's a bit too late now. You know, he's not even in the office anymore. I—I uh, <laughs> I feel like touring. You know, it's—it's it's been a dream of mine. It's been a goal of mine to do a kind of big tour like this. But you know, it gets kind of yeah. lonely sometimes. You're mm-hmm. in a new new city. You don't know anyone. And uh, in Chicago, I have yeah. friends, but I. I worry like Dallas, I don't know anyone. Houston, I don't know anyone. And uh, yeah, so I wonder what it's going to be like. And I would like to be able to see the city a bit, but because of the tour schedule and I still have to work and write, right? So I won't get to see the city as much. So uh, I wish touring were more glamorous. You know, I wish touring was how I envisioned it to be instead of the reality. 
Yeah. And, is, and the reality is just you spend 10 hours in your hotel room waiting yeah. for the call time. Then green room. <laughs> well, Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, they have really good Asian food in Chicago. Yeah, there you is. There's like I'm Chinatown sure that you know and then that. there's Argyle, yeah. which is like Vietnamese. So yeah, yeah I think yeah. I might do some pho for dinner tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good. It just reminded <laughs> me. Thank you. But New York too, man. I'm really yeah, pumped yeah. for New York. I know a couple of chef friends there. Hopefully they'll bring me around and show me some good food. That's you know? exciting. Ooh, yeah, that's super I, I know. Exciting. Maybe I should try to meet up with the Fung Bros. You guys know them? You, the, oh, they we didn't like meet YouTube them videos. once. Oh, okay. Yeah, we met them. Yeah, they seem to know yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot about Asian food, so I might drop them a message to see what they recommend. I was gonna say once I saw, I didn't match with them, but once I saw one of them on like a dating app, uh-huh. we didn't match. But I just saw them. But did you swipe? <laughs> did you swipe right or you know? No, I, I was like no. But <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that. What do you have against YouTubers, young me? You know? Does that well, I just it. felt like weird. What? Uh, if if and when I don't know what your relationship status is, Nigel. But if if you Single. are on the apps, yeah. if you're on I'm, the apps, on do people the app. recognize nice. you from Uncle Roger? Yeah, they, they do, and I got banned from Hinge because of that. I'm not on any apps now. What? What? Yeah, they because you Hinge, from Hinge, you can't really get verified. So Hinge was thinking I'm impersonating Uncle Roger, oh, the, 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 shit, the you know really? YouTube guy, because people reported the profile. They couldn't believe it was me on there. So now I'm not on the apps. Oh my! And I, I I need to get back on there because wow. the people you meet, not from the apps, are you know, oof, boy. At least with the apps, there are some guardrails. And like you can see the age and what they do and right. you know, what? what they answer. But sometimes you meet people like from shows and stuff. It's oh, oh boy, no, yikes! Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's even scarier, man. You've been oh, on gosh. dates with people that met that you met at your shows. Yeah, some some cities, wow. you know, I, they just wow. come. I do a meet and greet if the venue is like a decent size, small, small enough to do meet and greets. After I'll do a meet and greet for free. They can take photos and sometimes they'll be like, "Yeah, I want to come nice. get a drink after." I'm like, "Okay, nothing to do." Yeah, sure. And then sometimes Why it's not? it's nice and fun, and sometimes it's just friends, you know, just having a drink with a group of right. people. But sometimes yeah. it, it you know becomes more like a uh, like a hookup situation, and uh, and you you don't know their background, and sometimes it'll be a, a little bit insane you know not not everybody i know there's like oh. cliche girls are crazy so, but they're not all crazy <laughs> and men are crazy too you know but sometimes right. it can be just a, yeah. a bit much and start texting you every day and and the problem is too it's very easy to find out where i will be you know mm. so that's something oh. I worry yeah. about. If, if someone's really intent on like hunting me down they can yeah. just, just search my name tour and then okay he's mm. gonna be here this venue at this time so that's something right. i worry about and then if, if a, they know yeah. where I live, they could give it out to mm-hmm. the press and then I, I know I totally. might move. So, oh boy. I mean, this, this is a conversation that I see on TikTok more is like this idea of parasocial relationships. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yeah. Parasocial. It's like a, it's like a unidirectional. So, you know, people yeah. have consumed your content. They fill in the gaps and feel like they really know you. But mm-hmm. like you, they're your friend. It doesn't go. But it's you don't not reciprocated. Know like you don't know them, and so it's so like a one-way relationship. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what's yeah. the solution here, guys? You're in a similar position, you know. What's the solution here? Well, I was gonna say that the I think the not that everyone that does this is weird, but like I think somebody that goes to a show and tries to romantically pursue the performer that is a weird approach and a weird dynamic, and I think because of that the strangeness of that dynamic mm-hmm. if you do end up interacting with that person it's gonna be a little weird you know it's almost like not not all the time but most of the time when people reach out to us to be a guest on the podcast they're most of them are like kind of 
weird not well, all the time that's but what i did though that's exactly because, what because, I, well no no but like no no not you but but you know just that but i mean okay but le- let's be honest here like you are famous do you know what i mean like obvious you know you are an established and comedian, we but are it's like clout chasers it's like, but, but you know like sometimes just it'll just be like a random like the just the concept of somebody a random person going to a platform being like put me on as a guest and i'm like who are you like that is just like a do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's kind of like a weird yeah. thing to do. Yeah. So like, it's a weird right. thing to go to a comedy show and try to like hook up with the comedian. I don't know. Not it, really. I guess, I guess that's societally acceptable, but I don't know for me. Yeah. That would be a like, flag. it's not, un- I mean, it's not uncommon, but I see your point, young me. It just mm-hmm. does invite more risk. Cause there's like the, the, the knowledge base isn't the same. And I don't yeah. know, Nigel. I met my girlfriend on Hinge, so I, th- I guess my <laughs> advice to you is you got to you got to write Hinge and, f- and Hinge. sort it out with them. Oh god! <laughs> email, yeah. I bet you can email them and tell them. Like, because, Let me back in. Yeah. But yeah. I will say, I, I can our, I add something too. Like, please, please. I used to uh, meet people uh, from. Sometimes I get the, the, the occasional DM slide, right? And I would say, yeah. mm-hmm. when I was at like twenty thousand, fifty thousand followers on Instagram, sure, it's oh, this guy does comedy and he sort of has a small following. The DM sure. slides I got when I was at 20K and the DM slides I got now, the people I go out with, like they're, they're a bit more insane now. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> like <laughs> if someone's like willingly DM someone with like one, one point something million, one million followers, it, that's a little more, I don't know, the type of that's, people who would do that. But you got to shoot Kanye your shot. Level. You got you to shoot yeah. your shot too. I know, you got to shoot so your I, shot too. <laughs> I'll just stay alone, man. I'll just stay alone for the time being. It's, no, no, no. Well, it's I, I will say though, for the record, <sighs> our listeners... Mm-hmm. Our listeners are the best. They are certified, okay. cool. not insane. They're cool. Uh, okay. If you DM and me and I see that you follow Feeling Asian podcast, I will try. I'll entertain that. I guess. Wow. Yeah. So the D- so you're, you're saying <laughs> the DM the, Nigel, yes. the DMs are <gasps> open for Feeling Asian oh. listeners. Nice. <laughs> yes. Um, well, this leads us to our next question because we're, we're cooking here. We're we're cooking mm-hmm. with fire. It's getting juicy. Our next question. If you want to hear what Nigel is ashamed of, you're going to have to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash feelingasian. And let's get juicy here, Nigel. What is something you're ashamed of? I feel like my uh, I, my whole life I've just been... Uh... Woo! Wow, <laughs> Nigel. That's... Uh... Damn. You got heavy. You got very real. A lot of shame. Oh really? You told me to, to get real, man. That's why you. That's you got why you real. You, no, you we delivered. loved it. We love it. We loved it. Yeah. You we delivered. It. Well, you know, you if gave you're not them their money's the worth. Yeah. I can't post this anywhere else. You know, it's Uncle Roger. You know, <laughs> suddenly, hey guys, so I fucked up in my life. A terrible YouTube video. Well, you know, this has been again. This has been such a wonderful conversation, and I'm, I, you know, I've had a lot of fun having you on this podcast thus far, but. Unfortunately, uh, it looks like we're nearing the end. And before we mm-hmm. let you go, Nigel, we like to ask all of our guests this one last question. And that is, what is something that you're proud of? I'm proud of, proud of um, my relationship with my family. You know, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you know, of course, I'm proud of the career as well. But I think it's a less interesting answer. I think we've lived apart now. I've left Malaysia now for since 2010. Mm. So it's been wow. 12 years now, you know. But every time I go back yeah. home, there's still, uh, you know, I, it's it's so, so joyful and nice to see all of them and sometimes families especially like I, I know I, I know a lot of my Asian friends with, with big family problems and 
mm-hmm. money problems and they have quarrels and fights in their families. But I'm glad I don't have that. I had a really good childhood growing up. You know, my parents mm-hmm. weren't rich, but I know they tried their best. And you know, they hit they hit me and stuff. But <laughs> I know <laughs> they tried their best, and it was I could see the intention and the love behind every smack. So <laughs> it, I, I'm glad that uh, yes. when I go to therapy, uh, I've gone to therapy before and it's never, it's never them. I never, I never blame them because I know they tried mm. their best and I, that I'm who I am today because of the effort and the sacrifices they made. So, right. mm. and now I'm just trying my best to give them a good, as good a life as I can, you know, like the, the typical immigrant, yeah. I send money back home every month. Uh, nice. wow. Just try to help them out, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm glad I I still have that good relationship and a good uh good good family connections. You know, it's it's, it's a nice mm-hmm. nice thing to have every time I go home. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Do you have a great. lot of family in Malaysia still? Everyone's back there except my brother who's in mm. Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I have no oh, wow. family in the UK, no family in the US. So wow. everybody's back wow. in Malaysia. That must be yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you got you're chasing this dream and. Uh, if you want to do stand up, any sort of entertainment, and you speak English, you know, you have to be in the Western world, I think. Or yeah. Australia. Yeah. You know, but who wants to go to Australia? <laughs> Don't even get me started. Ron, Don't even Ron, get me Ronnie started is on very Australia. Vocal about his dista- disdain for Australia. Yeah. Yeah. He, th- that's why he lives in New York now, you know? Yeah. So uh, that, that's the ceiling. New York, the, yeah, the place that we're getting punched and stabbed. He's like, this is way better than Australia. <laughs> is it really that bad? How how bad is it? Like, no, do you it's fear not that bad. When you walk out, no, no, right? Do, do you, do you I mean, scared? I don't know scared? because, like, I mean, we've we've seen shit happen all the time. Um, yeah. Brian and I have experienced things personally, but like, also, you have also you got yeah. punched in the face for being Asian, allegedly. Yeah. So. Who knows? You know, and, just and thing, I'm always stuck like, in that place too. Like, is yeah. it because I'm Asian, or or is this something else? So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Eh. Well, <laughs> on, oh, that on that note, note yeah. <laughs> 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 I told you we had a lot in Thank common, you. Brian. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, we definitely gotta hang out and get a drink when you're in New York. Thank you for doing the podcast, and for our listeners out there, where can they find you and your work online? Uh. All my social media handles is Mr. Nigel Ng, M-R-N-I-G-E-L-N-G. Uh, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, everything. Uh, I make the Uncle Roger videos, so you can search Uncle Roger on YouTube. I also also have my own podcast. It's called Hi Ya. You know, it's Uncle Roger's catchphrase, but it's oh, it's me on the nice. pod. H-A-I-Y-A-A. Hi Ya podcast, which is just me and my producer riffing and talking about my life and trying to make it funny. So check me out on all those platforms. I love it. And what about you, young me? You can find me at YM Mayor, uh, TikTok, Young Me Mayor. What about you, Brian? Uh, you guys can find me on socials at It's Brian Park and follow our podcast on socials at Feeling Asian Podcast, you know, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, wherever you get your podcasts. And yeah, you know, be sure to like and subscribe. Yay. And before we let you all go, it's time to do some Patreon shout outs. And just as a reminder, if you want to support the podcast, you can do so at Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Check it out. We have different subscription tiers, but any donation amount gets you a shout out on the podcast. And without further ado, the first shout out for this episode goes out to Hochi Manglapus. Hochi Manglapus, keep doing you. I'm going to guess that you are a product manager. I know I say product manager a lot, but there's a lot of Asians who work in tech and you're a product manager at Google. So you're killing it. You're making a great salary. You got that great benefits, great bonuses. But most importantly, thank you for supporting the podcast. Uh, next shout out goes out to Jackie Nevitt. Jackie, I am going to guess that you are a badass line cook. 
and you are the life of the party and you're incredibly generous as evidenced from this donation and most importantly you're a wonderful person next shout out goes out to jasmine cassart jasmine uh i i i have no idea i have, there's so many things that you could be i am going to guess that you are a furniture designer um furniture designer slash uh furniture curator yeah so but you're you're an honest business person on the curation front so you're not just picking up stoop fines and charging thousands of dollars you're, you're giving you're giving the goods at a fair price but your furniture design creations those are worth some mint because you're damn good at it so thank you and our next shout out goes out to jameson Liang, liang jameson liang jameson i'm getting education vibes from you uh, I'm going to guess that you are in grad school for applied math and your parents want you to uh, become an academic, become a professor, but I say fuck that. Go work for Goldman Sachs. Go to Barclays or JP Morgan. Get that bag. You've you've put yourself through enough uh, suffering in academia. Get that bag. Um, but yeah, thank you for supporting the podcast. And last shout out goes out to Andrea Kaufman. Andrea Kaufman. I am going to guess that you are a journalist. Uh, outside of journalism, though, you're also a rock climber. Yeah, so you're a journalist by day, rock climber by night. So thank you for supporting the podcast. And yeah, once again, thank you all for supporting. And you can do so at Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.